Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Stumbledore if I could be sorted He said so I Scott Pilgrim But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Canadian Hello and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sourcing even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. And just right up here at the top, gonna let you know, after this one, two more episodes. Yep, this is our third from final episode. Next time is the penultimate, and then the end of Sorted. And we already know what those episodes are gonna be. Yep. So we are no longer taking suggestions. Nope. But we have appreciated all of the ones that we got. Today we're sorting Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Which was a suggestion. Yeah, the movie, not the comics. Because the we haven't read those. Nope, we've seen the movie. And also the movie has fewer important characters worth discussing. <laughs> so we can get away with a short one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, because it's hot. It's hot. I enjoy some similarities between Scott Pilgrim and our previous topic, The Owl House. Uh-huh. Those being, the main love interest has a very plot-significant moment in which they dye their hair. <laughs> and lesbian Mae Whitman. Yeah. <laughs> Mae Whitman is the best. She's very good. She's so good. She's very good. She does so many incredible things. Like, actors are lucky if they get one iconic role. She's had, like, five. Yeah. And she's, like, only a couple years older than me. <laughs> She does a good voice. Yeah. So yeah, what are what are her voices? Roxy Richter, Katara, Amity Blight, and from Arrested Development. <laughs> like those are four pretty iconic roles. She, she's done more as well, of course, but those four are all top notch. Yeah. This is the third time we've sorted Mae Whitman. Good. <laughs> Do you think if we had continued doing the show long enough, we would have eventually sorted uh, Arrested Development? Probably. <laughs> It's not as popular as it once was, but it has had popularity. It's still got, like, it, it. some jokes from it just, like, live rent-free in my head. Oh, yeah, well, so many jokes from it are, like, iconic memes. Yeah. It's one banana, Michael. How much could it cost? Ten dollars? the one that lives in my head is, like, there's always money in the banana stand. Oh, that's less of a meme. I know, it's not a meme. That it was, just lives in my head. That was just, that was, like, that was a very popular quote from the time, and then memes rose up later, like, good for her. <laughs> But also... <laughs> Don't eat dead dove. Alex, what is a Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim is a, in our case, a movie mm. based on a graphic novel series. Yes. About a guy who's kind of the worst. Major Skeezball. Who dates a girl that is way too cool for him and has to defeat her seven evil exes in order to win her... It's messed up. Yes. <laughs> and to be fair, like again, there's lots of things that are deliberately messed up. And yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that. no. I'm not saying that it doesn't know that it's messed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, inexplicable video game powers abound. Yeah, like, it's like a weird... The exes explode into coins when defeated. I don't I don't know how to describe the non-reality that it is. Because it's... Is it sci-fi? Is it fantasy? Is it just absurdism? Yeah, yeah, those are all good. <laughs> it's something. It lives somewhere in between all of those, where, like, it... The world just follows random video game logic, and that's just part of the, the thing. It's just how it is. Yeah. That's just how it is in Canada. Well... <laughs> 
But subspa- they don't have subspace in Canada. Like, that's not a thing. Mm. Ramona can use it because she's American. Right. Would you say it's kind of a shonen? I'm not entirely sure what that means. Uh, like when it's just like a bunch of fights. It's just you just got well, yeah, a I guess bunch so. of guys. It, I think it's kind of a shonen. I think the I think the graphic novels might be even more so because I think there are fights that get cut from the film. Mm. Scott Pilgrim, the character this time. Oh, okay. He's Michael Sarah. He is Michael Sarah. He does have that going for him. Yeah, and Michael Sarah is very good at playing this kind of role of. Just a fucking loser. <laughs> Michael Sarah is very good at being a big old weenie. He really is. He's so good at it. <laughs> I I love Michael Sarah. <laughs> I think he's delightful. <laughs> Fortunately, in this case, this movie called for an action hero who's the biggest weenie. So he got to branch out a little bit. Yeah. We're introduced to him as he is dating a high schooler. Uh, he has major self-esteem issues and also like it's not like he can't get a girlfriend because most of the female characters in the film are his exes yeah like he dated kim he dated envy adams he dated julie powers like (laughs) dude gets around and yet yeah why why does anyone want this weenie right he's in a band maybe that's part of it he's in a band he's in a band called sex bob like and backtrack to a, a, the, your previous statement of why does anyone want this weenie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a moment ago I said I, lo- <laughs> I, I love Michael Sarah, but <laughs> I, I don't want him. No. <laughs> no. Poor Michael Sarah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scopo, he's he's like he's like he's like the kind of lazy guy who's just kind of drifting through life, you know? Like he he's not int- like apart from being in a band, which is you know. Everyone at some point is like, we should start a band. Yeah. Apart from that... Or if you're a millennial, we should start a podcast. Yeah. Apart from that, he just drifts through life. Yeah, it doesn't have any major goals. No. Doesn't have apart from, apart no from job or anything. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Kind of mooching off his friends a little bit. Right, because he lives with Wallace because he doesn't have money, right? Yeah. And shares a bed with Wallace. That's just a thing. Yeah, you just—I don't know how to sum it up any better than like he's just a loser. Yeah, well, so he starts dating Ramona Flowers, who I don't understand why she ever expresses interest in him either. And to be fair, I'm not sure she actually ever does really express interest in him. It's it. This this happens like every movie with Michael Sarah. And yeah, the girl falls for him, and it's inexplicable. So there's no reason in Arrested Development when Mae Whitman falls for him. Mm. That's because Anne is intentionally even blander than him. No one remembers her name. She yeah. is she is the good Christian girl and she just sees George Michael as safe. Yeah. Ramona turns out she's got well really mostly just the one evil ex who then corrals all the others into being evil exes. Yeah, it's mostly just the one guy is really really a jackass. And he skims the email about it and then is having to fight them. And fortunately, you know, he's <laughs> This is really boring. boring. <laughs> Buddy. And then he fights the exes and he like makes them explode despite the fact that they are vastly more skilled and talented than he is. He oh he also cheat cheats on knives and and, and mm. Ramona. Yes, he never he uh, when he starts dating Ramona, Ramona, he does not stop dating knives, which is not immediately. He does eventually. He does eventually, but like Yeah. But it's building up to him being just the shittiest. 
then in the climax well so knives at one point confront tries to confront ramona for stealing her boyfriend mm. and scott at first tries to deny it and ends up losing that or he wins the power of love as a weapon mm. but that's not strong enough to win and he gets defeated but fortunately he got a one-up earlier yeah and then he like he comes back and he admits all of his mistakes and he apologizes to everyone and it's like oh yes he's learned and he wins the power of self-respect which is way more powerful yeah it's like what a great message it's great like there is a love story here but it's like yeah but you all like love is no good without self-respect yeah if he already had self-respect i bet the love sword would also be very powerful yeah 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 you could put them together and they'd be yeah it should be like a super sword yeah or double-ended yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm coming back from that, but alas. But Scott Pilgrim, for the most part, is a big weenie. Yeah, most of the story, he's just he's just the worst. Yeah. Also, he's not homophobic, but he is super dumb. He is super dumb. He refers to the evil exes as evil ex-boyfriends, and Ramona keeps correcting him. And then he's like, why do you keep doing that? Because she's bi, my dude. Or at least she had a bi phase, which... Yeah. Yeah, what's the... I was just a little bi-curious. Well, I'm a little bi-furious. <laughs> Which is very good. Yeah, May Whitman. I mean, the the lines in this. There's so many good lines. Like, the writing? Okay, so, like, we've been talking about Scott and how stupid he is. You just want to, like, grab him by the shoulders and shake him and be like, stop it! Yeah. Um, yeah. But the dialogue and the writing yeah. is so good. Also, the editing. If I am correct, this is a... It's Edgar Wright. Yes, thank you. I was like, oh, shoot, I just blanked on his name. This yeah. is an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Which is, ugh, the best. I mean, the imagery of seven exes is all over the film. Yeah. And then it decreases as Scott defeats them. Yeah. It's ab- it's it's freaking wild. Edgar Wright's a goddamn incredible director. <laughs> With credit, of course, to Brian Lee O'Malley. Mm-hmm. For the writing the original because the, yeah, the graphic yeah, yeah, novel is yeah. also really good oh yeah and, like, there's like, so many great jokes a lot of the dialogue and stuff is coming directly from that yeah and a lot of the jokes and but also sense of humor. other little bits like uh very good it's very good it's got a great sense of humor yeah most of it doesn't come from scott no like i'm trying to think of some of the good, really good jokes but they come from other characters so i'll, I'll save those for the other characters i get bread makes you fat bread makes you fat bread makes you fat the the what is it I'm in lesbians with you. <laughs> yeah, so he's 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 not homophobic, but like he is blown away by the idea that she had a what quote you had a sexy face. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think the idea is he's like he's just from a really small town. Oh yeah. Toronto. Toronto's not that. No, it's really small. And so he's just got no experience and no understanding of the outside world because Toronto is such a small, small, tiny town in Canada. It's like the smallest Canadian town. Everyone knows it. <laughs> anyway, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim's... I don't know. So he's not hes not a Slytherin. We talked about how he has, like, no ambition. No ambition, he, no drive, no yeah. he doesn't Like, the first few fights against the evil exes, he doesn't really even care about that. Like, the first one, he has no idea it's even happening until it's over. The second one, Lucas Lee... He's just like, wow, Lucas Lee's talking to me. Hey, I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. Can I have your... Can I have your autograph, please? <laughs> Gets punched in the face and still asks for the guy's autograph. <laughs> Absolute weenie. The next fight he's only invested in because it's his ex. Is he a weenie or is he a dumbass? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no ambition. No Slytherinness. Like, no. nothing Slytherin about him apart from 
sneaking around behind people's backs, but that is not the most defining aspect of Slytherin. No. Or really of his character. I don't know what the most defining thing of his character is, though. <sighs> he's there. He's there. Oh, but he's not loyal. No. no. He's not patient or hardworking. But he's not... Is he Gryffindor? No, because he's a coward. He's not brave. He's not intelligent. Fuck. He's not anything. Scott Pilgrim is the least character we've ever sorted. And, like, we can't just be like, well, that's the whole Hufflepuff, they'll take the rest thing. Because he's so (laughs) anti-Hufflepuff. Oh, no. (laughs) This is, like, the hardest character we've had to sort. (laughs) Not because they're so complex. Yeah. They're complex in a way where they lack anything. Oh, no. Scott Pilgrim, why are you so bad? <laughs> ah! Squib. Yeah, right? But also, he does have powers. He does! That's the thing! What does he want in life? <sighs> Just to chill, to have at least one girlfriend, to have his band succeed. Band. Creative. That's a kind of intelligence. Oh, I guess. I think he's stupid in how he treats women. I think he's intelligent in other ways. I don't like that I'm arguing this. Doubt. I have doubt. I was going to say all he really cares about is his band success, and that seems very Slytherin to me. You think he's Slytherin? We're coming back to Slytherin? Yeah. Well, by process of elimination, I think it's the only one that... Has any aspect that fits. Yeah. Like, he's he's low on Slytherin, but he's just so much lower on everything else. Yeah. Like, there are characters who are significantly more Slytherin that don't get in Slytherin because they have so much more going on elsewhere. Yeah. But- so, like... So, okay. So, he does technically have ambitions. Mm-hmm. He's just lazy. Sure. And doesn't really put in the effort to do those ambitions. So, he's not Hufflepuff because he's not hardworking. No. Um, he's definitely not brave no, or intelligent. Um, but there is some level of ambition there. Yeah. In the way that I think everyone is kind of like, oh, man, I wish someday, like this thing that I do could take off and then I wouldn't have to do a real job or whatever. You know, like, but, like, not actually putting in much effort. He's ambitious in his pursuit of girls. That's true. I guess And also, the only thing we do see him put any effort into is, like, he goes to band practice and stuff. Yeah. I guess Scott Pilgrim's a Slytherin. Yo, weenie. Yeah. Let's talk about a much cooler character. (laughs) Let's talk about Ramona Flowers. Ramona. Ramona, who is... Very much like playing into the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope. I was just going to say, she is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I feel like for the most part... I feel like there's some overlap between her and the character from Paper Towns. Mm. The John Green novel. Yes. In that she... There's so, I feel like there's some attempts to deconstruct the trope, but also she very much falls into the trope because she does fall for the absolutely nothing guy. She does. She does. But and depending on your ending, she stays with him at the end. Yeah. It the Whether or not she does depends... Like, the film has multiple endings. One where Scott gets back together with Knives, mm-hmm. and one where he, like, gets stays with Ramona, and I don't know how the graphic novels actually ended. Yeah, I do think I do think what they were trying to do was be like, hey, like Scott, this absolute dickhead, yeah. thinks that she's like the coolest and she's gonna make yeah. his life so much better and like she's everything he could ever dream of and she's got cool hair and you know like he's not seeing her as a person. Yeah, but I think we as an audience get glimpses of her yeah. as a person and like we get to know, especially in things like. Um, like her interacting with like like the exes as they come up. Yeah, and, stuff. and the flashbacks talking and, about them. Mm-hmm. Like we learn we learn that she wasn't really great to them. She used yeah. like a lot for the most part. She was using them or just 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, us as an audience, and I think Scott to some degree, mm. do start to sort of see her as, like, oh, you've got your own stuff going on. You're not just a, a plot point. Yeah, You're not yeah, just yeah. an object of affection. Um, you, you're, you're a broken, damaged person as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it does a terrible job of, of deconstructing that. Yeah. It's, it's not the worst, at least. Yeah, there's definitely worse versions of it. Yeah. Ramona likes tea. She has lots of kinds of tea. Oh, Scott yeah. thought there was only one kind of tea. <laughs> Ramona works for Amazon.ca. Yeah. And she makes deliveries by traveling through subspace. Yeah. Um, she's very, she's very, she's very, she comes across as cold at first. It just very like cool girl. Yeah. She's a little bit distant until you get in close. And even then she's still like pretty mellow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she has like her whole life. She has used and abused boys. Mm-hmm. Like she, like her first evil ex, Matt Matthew Patel, she dated him for a week and a half to avoid some jocks. Ah. Uh, the second evil ex, uh, like she just hung out with and smoked with and whatever. <laughs> and then one went. I mean, Roxy, she was straight up using just be, like because she's like maybe. I mean, but is it using? I mean, experimentation, right? Like. Yeah, that one's less of a using thing and more of a like. Hey, this hasn't been working out with any of these dudes. Maybe I should try something else. Then she dates two twins, I guess, simultaneously. Yeah, I'm not as clear on that one. I'm pretty sure that they were aware of what was going on, though, is the thing. Yeah. Because, like, they're competing for her back as a pair. Yeah, that's weird. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) What do we know about Ramona's... Gosh, the main characters are so... Because she's also kind of bland, is the thing. She dyes her hair and looks all cool, and she has a hammer. She has, um, like, a backstory? Yeah, she has a lot of baggage. And and a plot? Yeah. But she doesn't really have a personality. No, like... (laughs) Other than, like, she's fairly reserved? Yeah, and withdrawn, and... Uh, keeps herself mostly to herself? Yeah. Maybe... She has a backstory, but she doesn't have much of a story. No... She doesn't have any really growth or anything. Well, kinda. She opens up a little bit. Yeah. That's how we get the backstory. Uh. Well, yeah, but that's kind of forced. Yeah. I think she's kind of flighty, or like a little flaky, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, at the end of the film, she was just going to leave town again and was like, yeah. just run from the problems. Yeah. Until Scott convinces her to stay, maybe? Again, depending on which ending you're using. I think in the actual ending they went with and not the alternate ending, she and Scott end up together. But I think they also walk off together, so I don't know. Mm. (sighs) I think Slytherin also. Probably. What's her ambition? She has less of a specific ambition and more of a self-preservation outlook. Yeah. Uh, Just like a lot of very selfish moves. In theory, she would get better by the end of the movie? Yeah. I can't remember if that's actually the case. <laughs> it's only sitting down to analyze these characters that I'm realizing, like, huh, the main characters really, like, Scott, I kind of knew, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. Like, Ramona really just, the success of this is all from all the other characters, huh? Yeah. The other characters are much more fun. Let's, like, finish this and move on to the more fun yeah. characters. So earlier when I said that she's not, like, the worst version of, like, a Manic Pixie Dream Girl dissected. Yeah. Uh, she's, it's still clearly flawed. Yes. Oh, yes. 
We still don't know anything about her. She is still mostly an object. We know her quote-unquote story, but we don't know her. Yeah, she has a hammer. Has a hammer. In subspace. Yeah. So she's like Amy Rose. Yeah. I would say Slytherin. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Let's talk about Wallace Wells. Yeah. A much more fun character. Way more fun character. Wallace Wells is Scott Pilgrim's gay roommate... And he wants everyone to know he's gay. Mostly because he wants to sleep with every man. Yeah. And almost does. <laughs> Let him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't stop him. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I think it's Scott's sister Stacy brings a date to the Battle of the Bands performance <laughs> that's at first. That's what it is, yeah. And then Wallace just starts making out with him at the thing. And then later he's in bed with Wallace. And also another guy, I think. <laughs> I mean, Scott's also in the bed, and everyone's just fine with the fact that he is... He shares a bed with Wallace, but he is not part of the sex. No, he's just sleeping there. Yeah. <laughs> Although Wallace does later kick Scott out and say, you've got to find somewhere to sleep because I'm going to have sex tonight in the bed. It's very Wa- silly. Wallace has so many great lines. Wallace is there to be a line machine. Yeah. Like, Scott, evil X, <laughs> I want to have his adopted babies. <laughs> he's got a very dry sense of humor. Oh, yeah. You know what? He just left. <laughs> Scott diving out a window. That was so good. Oh, uh, and just like the way he like leans to co- perfectly cover Scott grabbing his coat again. Ah, oh, that is such a moment. It's so good. A lot of that <laughs> moment is like the camera work there. Though. Oh yeah, that is very much like an Edgar Wright. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the visual joke. Yeah, Wallace is a, a supportive friend. Oh yeah. Like. Far more so than Scott deserves, because Scott is a moocher. He is like he's just leeching off Wallace yeah. and his kindness, and even like even if it's as ridiculous as they share a bed because they're like they're, they're that lacking in money or whatever. But hey, Wallace allows Scott to share a bed. Yeah, platonically. Yeah. So uh, two two readings come to mind. Yeah. Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. Okay. Gryffindor for. Boldness, he's got, brazenness. He's, yeah, he's got a very bold... He puts himself out there. Yeah. And it generally works. Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks. Uh, but also Hufflepuff in that. Like, he is a very kind friend. Like, yeah. up to the point at which he's like, okay, I've you've been living here for however long or whatever. You need to figure your shit out. Yeah. Um, he's extremely patient. He puts yeah. up with Scott shit for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I prefer the Gryffindor reading. I think yeah. that's more fun. Yeah. And like, I think, like, he, like Gryffindors can be good friends and they can oh, be yeah, loyal absolutely. and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and just the, just the boldness. Like, if I'm describing one aspect that really stands out about his personality, I think bold is the word I would use for it. I agree. Gryffindor. Gryffindor for Wallace. Let's talk about Knives Chow. Oh boy. This is a character called Knives Chow. <laughs> yeah. And yet, I mean, to be fair, we've talked about far more problematic Asian-named characters. Mm. Cho Chang. Mm -hmm. Who are also, like, the first love interest of a character who then moves on from her. Yeah. To a girl with brightly coloured hair. (laughs) Is Ginny a manic pixie dream girl? In A Half of Prince, absolutely. (laughs) Just in that one book. The rest of the time, no. Yeah. But she's turned into a manic pixie dream girl almost out of a... It's yeah. built up a little bit in Audible Phoenix. Yeah. But, like, it's got to be like, no, Harry can't just have a girl. He's got to have the best girl. Yeah. And everyone's, agree- 
Everyone agrees that Ginny is the most attractive girl at Hogwarts, even though no one mentioned that until Harry became interested in her, because she wasn't attractive until Harry found her attractive. <laughs> Knives Chow, though. Yeah. I don't know why she's called Knives, but they make lots of puns on it. Well, they make a lot of puns on Chow, I guess. Like, at one point, Scott just says, Chow, Knives. And... <laughs> she is 17 years old. Uh-huh. She is dating Scott and, like, absolutely enamoured. And she, she thinks d- that he's so cool. Yeah, he's in a band. He's in a band, and she's their number one fan. Yeah, she fucking loves Sex bob She thinks their music's great. It speaks to her as a dumbass teenager. Yeah. No, she's, like, all in. She's very genuine and very forthright. And, uh, and also very um, all or nothing. Yeah. I don't know what the word for that is. But she tells Scott she's in love with him. Scott break- dumps her in that scene. <sighs> She deserves better. Nice and young Neil. Sure. It's a good chip. Yeah. Um, at one point, like af- I think it's after Scott dumps her, uh, she realizes that he's dating Ramona, and like she goes and dyes her hair. Yeah. To like try to win him back or something, or I don't know. She just yeah. She's just all in. Yeah. Well, she, but she only like half dyes it, and I believe the dye is. Uh, differently is red I think in the comics instead okay and apparently it's become her iconic look despite the fact that quote she only wears it for like a a book and a half or something okay because you punched the highlights out of her hair it's very good (laughs) stupid in the best way (laughs) uh knives a signature weapon uh knives uh huh subtle go figure yeah um and yeah she she's a big fan of Envy Adams and then she finds out that Envy dated Scott. She's like, oh, I've kissed the lips to kiss your lips. <laughs> Is she a little bi? In, uh, apparently in the graphic novel, she and Kim make out at one point. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think most of the characters are at least a little bi. That's fair. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um. But she's just so genuine. She eventually like comes to confront Ramona and be like, uh, like Scott thinks he's there, she's there to get him and... No, she's there to get the the girl who stole her boyfriend. Mm. And Scott's being very finicky about like, no, I don't know. And then crushes both girls. And in the revised timeline, after he uses one up, he's he openly admits his mistake and apologizes to them. And then they team up to fight to get Scott and Knives team up in a tag team, which is really yeah. fun at that point. Like, that is really good. And Knight, like what Knives just needs is just she just needs. She needs to get away from Scott. Yeah. Like, I do. I think Knives and Young Neil could be cute. Because yeah. I think Young Neil's probably like 18, 19, I don't know exactly. Yeah, a little bit closer in yeah. age at least. Definitely. Like, he's he's called Young Neil. He's young in their group of early 20 gr- yeah. year olds. Yeah, yeah. It's, she, she really does just need someone closer to her own age. Yeah. But she's very sweet and cute. Like she she's, is. she's so she she's me- very sincere and she's very yeah. like wears energetic. her heart on her sleeve. Yeah, very energetic. Yeah, and just Hufflepuff. Hmm. I was kind of thinking Gryffindor. Yeah. 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 Again, because of that, like gung ho ness, the boldness, the yeah. brazen, like just putting herself out there. Like you said, she wears her heart on her sleeve, and that feels Gryffindor to yeah. me. Um, she's I, the closest to Hufflepuff, so well, actually, Wallace could be Hufflepuff. I could see her as Hufflepuff. Yeah. But my my. She's loyal. She's loyal. She's just. Mm. She's patient. Yeah. She's probably hardworking, but it's hard to tell because she's a high schooler. Yeah. And that's not really relevant to what's going on. Yeah. I mean, she's not not Hufflepuff. I mean, yeah. That says Gryffindor. Hmm. I'm good with either. We got a little bit of a hat store. Tweeted us. 
It's nice child Gryffindor River Hufflepuff tweeted us. Anyway. Yeah, let's just move on. Who cares? We don't need to finish Vonsa. <laughs> Gryffindor. Hufflepuff. No. What? Gryffindor. Hufflepuff. Huffledore. Gryffindor. Gryffindor. She's a John Green. <laughs> House hot take. Hey, remember we did House Hot Take? It's been a while. House Hot Take. Knives Chow is John Green. <laughs> like they're the same person. Okay. You know when you click onto a Vlogbrothers video and Hank opens it, good morning, knives. <laughs> I want to live in that alternate universe. <laughs> I want to live in that world. In that world where Knives is one of the uh, the Vlogbrothers and John Green is Scott Pilgrim's high school girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Stephen Stills. He's the he's like the leader of the band the, okay. of Sex Bomb. He's the one who's like most invested in the band and. He's in the group. He's kind of just in the group. I don't know. He's he's around the whole time. Yeah. He loves his band. He loves his band. I believe he comes out as gay in the in the graphic novels, but that's huh. a subplot that gets cut from the film. Huh. Yeah. Does he make out with Wallace? I don't know. I don't think so. Does Wallace try to make out? <laughs> I mean, I, I, name no. a, name a male character that Wallace doesn't try to make out with. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna say this might be our Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah. This is where the creative energy comes from. This is come, where that creative. In. Yeah. He all he is a sellout though. Like That's fine. Like, you can be a Ravenclaw and a sellout. <laughs> the moment he got the opportunity to sell like to sell rights to the band essentially he did. So they could be friggin' Gideon's house band. Which Gideon only wanted just to friggin' piss Scott off, of course. Yeah. You can be a Ravenclaw and a sellout. Right. It's not Yeah. Like but is he creative or is he ambitious and wants success? Mm. He's ambitious in regards to his creative endeavors. I suppose. I guess maybe he is more Slytherin. Because yeah. what he's valuing in, in the band is the success. The fame, the fortune. The, the art that he's making. Yeah. Fine. Also, the band is called Sex bob That's not a very artistic name. Eh. It's a fun name. That doesn't rule out Ravenclaw for me. I think, like, you could have, like, a rebellious punk Ravenclaw. Mm. But I don't think that's Steven. No. It might be Kim Pine. It might be. Kim Pine, who is also mentioned as being an ex of Scott's, and that only comes up in passing, because they're still in a band together or whatever, and he he definitely broke her heart. Like, she really liked him. Yeah. Like, but the, the whole time we see her, she's very flat and stoic, and probably because she's still just pissed off at Scott. Yeah. there There's, like, a number of shots where she just, like, glares at him. Yeah. Like, she's just pissed at him the whole time. Yeah. We don't know exactly how long ago they broke up, I don't think. The the context makes me think that it was recent. Although Mostly I, because she's still pissed. Actually, I think they broke up... I think they dated in high school. Okay. So that would be, like, five years ago at most, at okay. least. She is pissed that he's dating a high schooler. Though. Yes. Like, in particular. Yes. She thinks that that is not okay, and no. she's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one who, like, screams out about the band. We are Sex Bomb! We're here to sell out Gideon or whatever. We're here to make you feel sad and think about death. Is it that one? It, that's the first one, I think. Is it feel sad and make you think about... Is it death? I don't know. I think it might just be think about stuff. That might be it. I think it's a, I think it's more vague than that. Yeah. Just, music! It makes you think and feel. Yeah. And then later, eventually it's like, We are a sex bomb! We're here to watch Scott kick your butt! Yeah. Like, she's able to, like, 
make amends because Scott apologizes to her properly having never done that before yeah and I think she gives finally gives him a smile at that point because she wants to be his friend still yeah she just wants him to fucking own up to his bullshit yeah and then he finally does and like it's like yeah thanks yeah that's all I needed like for whatever reason she still likes you as a person <laughs> just you're really good at what do you play bass maybe gu- a, a guitar yeah I don't know one of those ones that's shaped like that the strings. The dum 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 dum. That's bass. Okay, I think he's bass. I think he's bass. Tweeted us this S- morning. Ste- Steven's probably lead guitar. I think so. Yeah, she's on drums. Young Neil's on keyboard. That sounds right. Yeah, Kim, I think could be the Ravenclaw. I could think. Be. I think she is here for the arts and for like she's here to make you feel think about death, feel sad, and think about stuff. Like that's an artsy thing. That is an artsy thing. She definitely, I mean, we were just talking about, like, a, a Ravenclaw can still be, like, a pop-punk yeah. sort of energy. Oh, hell yeah. Um, she has a big, like, pop-punk yeah. pop energy. Um, Someone who, like, really knows Scott Pilgrim well and has read all the comics and whatever is probably like, Kim's not a Ravenclaw, she's this, that, the other. And it's like, consider this. I don't care. <laughs> I think she might also be a Gryffindor. Oh, she's, for sure. She's got... She's got that sort of spunky attitude. She's just a way more interesting character. She's like a real. She's a genuinely interesting character, and she gets very little to do. Right. And I think again, that's kind of part of the point. But like, I'm realizing now that Scott Pilgrim's probably biggest flaw is that it's Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And like, I get it because the things happen to him, but they happen to him. He doesn't do things. No. They happen to him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Young Neil. Did we decide on Ravenclaw then? I think so. Okay. Unless you unless you want to argue for something else. Nah, Ravenclaw's good. Young Neil. Young Neil. He is a Neil and he's young. Mm-hmm. At the end of the film, Scott promotes him to Neil, and it's like, oh, like he, <laughs> like he's a complete fucking idiot. Yeah. And that's intentional. Like, ah, there's some, there's some. I can't remember what it does. I think there's some like background shots of him just doing some batshit stuff. Probably. For, I forget. Yeah. Young Neil, <laughs> young Neil, you don't have to feel down. Young Neil, there's a place you can go. I'm mixing up the lyrics. Young Neil, <laughs> it's the YMCA, but with Young Neil. I don't think I'm okay. Please help me. Because <laughs> I can't stop this bit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking into <laughs> Young Neil more. Oh, Young Neil? Yeah. At the YMCA, Young Neil. <laughs> right, so I think at the beginning, he's not actually in the band. Okay. He's a groupie. Right. And I think he gets into the band later. Possibly, like, it might be when Scott leaves, the band that he gets in. Yeah. And, like, this is your thing now. And, like, Neil's... Uh, uh, it's difficult to discuss Neil because he, like, he is... He's... He's kind of a nothing character, but for the comedic effect. Because he is very yeah. much a side character. Yeah. Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think so. I think... I, he's loyal. He's loyal to He sure is everyone. loyal to that band yeah. that he likes. He's a puppy. Yeah. Also, I believe when some of the... T- coin, like, I think it might have been like the actor improving. I'm not sure. But <laughs> when... I think when Gideon explodes and they go to grab the coins, he does try to bite one to see if it's chocolate. <laughs> Which means it's time. It's time. It's time for the lightning bolt round. 
Alex, tell me about Stacy Pilgrim. Is that the sister? Yeah. She's Anna Kendrick, yes? Yes. She's on the phone to Scott a few times. Gryffindor. Yeah? She tells it like it is. Yeah. She's Scott's older sister who just, like, yeah, doesn't take a shit. Yeah. I feel like a Gryffindor is someone who doesn't take someone else's shit. Yeah. Tell me about Julie Powers. Julie Powers, Aubrey Plaza, is... She's Aubrey Plaza in that she's very April Ludgate. They're very... Yeah, she's she's very good at playing that very flat, dry... Yeah. angry. She swears a bunch but she senses herself in real time and Scott asks, how did you do that? <laughs> Never blip mind how I did that. <laughs> it's a very good joke. Yeah. She is the most she again, another ex of Scott's and she is the most angry at him for his for his bullshit. Yeah. But, and she, but she's like the least involved in his life so she's not got the ability to stop him. Yeah. She thinks Envy is cool and wants to help her out uh, she thinks Ramona is cool and out of Scott's league. Valid. She just she knows a lot of things that are going on in town. I'm gonna go Ravenclaw. Yeah. She she does just like know a lot of the goings on. Yeah. And also she's intelligent enough to realize that everything Scott does is stupid and shitty. Yeah. Alex, tell me about Envy Adams. Envy Adams is Brie Larson. Yes. Yes. She is a like a professional. Yeah. She's she's made it big. Musician singer. Yeah. She do the singing? She's big in the musics. Yeah, she's she's signed. She's from Toronto, and I guess she dated Scott at one point, which yep. is baffling. Well, they were both doing music stuff, and yeah. she didn't know what he would go on to be. And I mean, she's kind of shitty, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, she's not shitty and kind of just, like, nah, nah, nah. She's more actively shitty. Yeah. She embraces the shitty. Uh, probably, like, a Slytherin... Sure. I'm gonna say Slytherin. She wanted to make it big. She wanted to make it big. She got that ambition and she went for it. Yeah. And now she doesn't give a shit about anyone. <laughs> well, she likes her boyfriend. Yeah, fair enough. Tell me about Matthew Patel. Matthew Patel, the first evil ex. He uh. he was Ramona's boyfriend in I think like sixth grade or something. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of nothing, and it's pretty absurd that he would agree to be part of this group at all. <laughs> right. He shows up and does a big Bollywood number with his demon hipster chicks and has magical Bollywood powers, I guess. A little racist, but... Uh, yeah. Mm. He can shoot fireballs, I think. Okay. He explodes into the least amount of money. He's mostly there to like introduce Scott to the concept of the evil exes. And he's like, yeah. did you not read the email? I skimmed it. You skimmed it? <laughs> He is dramatic. Yeah. He, I think, I'm going to go Ravenclaw in the very creative, bombastic, over-the-top side. He's, like that. He's the Ravenclaw who wants center stage as part of his creativity. Yeah. Lucas Lee. This is Chris Pine? No. No. Chris... Hem- not Hemsworth. <laughs> no. Not Pratt. No. The other one. <laughs> I'm blanking on his name. Evans. Thank you. Captain America. I know. I, w- I can picture his face. I'm like, the one board. in Knives Out. Yeah. I, <laughs> the thing I love about Chris Evans is, like, he was now most famous for Captain America. And that's what, and that's cool. Grand Weber. Every other character he plays, though, is this, like, bombastic kind of d- douchebag He's guy. really good at playing a douchebag. But yeah, his, his most famous and most prolific role is where he's playing the ultimate Boy Scout. Yeah. I love it. Lucas Lee is a skateboarding action star. Yeah. He's introduced with a friggin' universal sound. Da 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 da. Cricks his neck. 
Scott thinks he's really great. This is the this is the am one I that. Are you sorting this one or are you sorting this one? You are, but you Wait. weren't talking about the character. Sorry, um, it's okay. I got distracted trying to remember Chris Evans's name. Yep. Yeah, he's action star, skateboarder. He's... Wallace wants to have his adopted babies. Yeah, he's hot shit, and he knows it. He's a Gryffindor. Cool. Big action hero type. Tell me about Todd Ingram. Todd Ingram is the third evil ex. He is uh, currently dating Envy Adams, and they're yeah. in a band together, and he has vegan powers. <laughs> hey, remember when we sorted The Simpsons? Yeah, and we thought that we had already sorted Scott Pilgrim. We thought we'd already sorted Scott Pilgrim and had the conversation. There is a mention, I think, I don't even know if they actually talk about level five vegan in this exact like that exact wording but the lines in question were from the simpsons yeah. and i was right about that and you thought they were from this well the line is i don't need anything with a shadow is that the, okay is that the that's line that's the in, line that's in both right okay um although there's also a line like i do not partake of the ovum or the burba burba of anything with a face yeah. being vegan just makes you better than most people <laughs> um <laughs> No. Well, that's also kind of the point, because he's yeah. also a massive hypocrite. Because yeah. Scott makes him drink half and half. <laughs> and then the vegan police show up. The vegan police. And they're like, that's your third strike. Don't I get three strikes? Strike one. You, you had gelato. Gelato isn't vegan. Strike two. You had chicken parmesan. <gasps> chicken isn't vegan? <laughs> <laughs> like, ge gelato. You can understand someone making that mistake. Yeah. Not so much with chicken. No, you know, you know, you moved on that one. <laughs> he probably like didn't like. He probably thought he was like three strikes. He's like, yeah, I, would, I know I already had one from the chicken. Yeah, wasn't expecting the gelato. Yeah. Um. He. <laughs> he's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Hufflepuff. Okay. I think he, he wants to be yeah. do good things, and he tries. And he, a lot of it is for. Yeah social clout but yeah. you know he's mm. say hello to the cleaning lady on Monday what? look it's today's Friday and she has the weekends off I'm gonna turn you to dust <laughs> stupid dumbass uh, Puff, I'll take it that's one of the best scenes for the vegan police cause like yeah. everything is completely derailed for this batshit insanity and they use their de-veganizing ray it's so good it's like the, everything about this movie is stupid and off the wall that takes it to another level. It's one of my favorite parts. It's so good. Alex, tell me about Roxy Richter. Roxy Richter is the aforementioned Mae Whitman character. Mae Whitman! <laughs> she's uh, a lesbian ninja. Yeah. She's inexplicably, for no particular reason, she's a ninja. She like does ninja stuff. She shows up before Envy and Todd came back. Yeah, because she's kind of like getting in. She's, she's scoping things out. You punched me in the boob! <laughs> She's great. <laughs> she's she's a very like feisty. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, I'm so glad May Whitman got to do this because yeah. she like she normally plays much more down to earth characters and yeah. Now she she gets to go off the fucking wall. Let her go nuts. Yeah. And Scott doesn't want to fight her because she's a girl with soft parts. She wants. She doesn't care. She wants to fight. Yeah. Well. So, yes. Yeah, part of the rules or whatever. Like. Uh. Friggin. Ramona steps in to try and fight her first and pulls out her hammer, which is... I love the hammer. Yeah. But doesn't, then, doesn't, like, she, like, puppet She Scott? ends up puppeting Scott because Scott had to do the fight, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. So she just kind of controls him. Yeah. Because he's such a weenie. Who won't punch a girl, even though the girl is like, fucking punch me. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, she got mad when he punched her in the boob. Well... Maybe he was, like, still caught off by that awkward moment. Yeah. You probably don't deliberately punch someone in the boob. Was it deliberate, though? No. That's why I'm saying... Like, yeah. Like, no, because she was in ninja, like, sneak attack mode or whatever. Yeah, you know, He just yeah. sort of, like, punched into the just air. Just sort of punched and it happened to be her boob. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And so you get the funny line. And then he probably just feels awkward about that. He's <laughs> like, I don't want to do any more punches. Yeah. Also, just I imagine, like punching the move can't be the most effective place to punch. No. Like I get that it can definitely be a problem, like the heart's right behind it or whatever. But like, I mean, you hit it at the right angle, it's gonna hurt. But they are yeah. mostly just padding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you hit a sensitive spot. Yeah. And also, like depends on how big your boobs are. Yeah. Uh, like, but they it can't be the like isn't even like if it's gonna hurt, it's probably not the most effective place you could hit. The stomach's no. gonna hurt most people yeah. more. Yeah. That's gonna wind you. Punching someone in the neck. Yeah. Ugh, don't like that. I mean, no matter what genitalia you've got, no one likes getting hit in the crotch. No. What house? Oh, Gryffindor. Cool. <laughs> JD, will you tell me about Kyle and Ken Katyanagi? I've just told you everything there is that matters about them. Their names? It not well, just No, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I told you everything matters. Nothing about them matters. They are th- just there to pad the numbers. And they're, twi- they're twins because specifically because then we can just get two fights in for one. Yeah. In the movie, they are another band in the Battle of the Bands and they summon a giant dragon. Electro yeah. dragon. It's, yeah. it's, a ve- it's a visually cool fight. It is very cool. But they're not relevant. No. I literally don't believe they have a line of dialogue. So I'm going to go Ravenclaw because they make music and monsters. Sure. Alex, tell me about Gideon Graves. Gideon Graves is the final evil ex, the big bad, the biggest of bads, the one pulling all the strings and making all of the shit happen. You made me swallow my gum! <laughs> That'll be my digestive tract for seven years! That's a mis- That's not. That's not true. Um. <laughs> what? You're telling me Gideon Graves doesn't know everything? No. Seven years, Alex. No. Seven. Seven. Like the number of evil exes. Mm. <laughs> um, he thinks that he, like, owns Ramona. Well, because he owns a lot. He owns he, a lot. He's G-Man. He is, the, he is like, a, owes a record label or whatever, yeah. and thinks he can just get what he wants because of that. Yeah. Thinks that he can do whatever he wants, that people are playthings, and... And notably, he only wanted Ramona when he found out someone else had her. Yes. He doesn't like that she moved on. Yeah. Absolutely a Slytherin. Yeah. It's all just, like, power play stuff. Like, yeah. he wants to be in charge, he wants to rule everything. He... I mean, he puts a mind control chip on the back of Ramona's neck. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. And the moment he's done that, and then he's got control of Ramona again, he's trying to be like, hey, let's put that evil access thing behind us. That's so silly. Uh, let's be friends, Scott. He's like, trying to act like he wasn't trying to be a fucking supervillain. Gaslightning. <sighs> you say gaslightning? <laughs> I don't know. Gas. I was gonna say, like, gaslighting bastard. And then I didn't. Uh, so Slytherin. Yep. JD, will you tell me about the vegan police? The vegan police are, I mean, they, they're they very much like the trope, the like Dolphin Lundgren from Gravity <laughs> Falls, right? The two random futuristic nonsense police officers shall show up out of nowhere when, like, for the sake of plot convenience. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way Scott could have known they existed. No. I think he was probably just trying to, like, Upset like, his stomach or something. Well, I think he was trying to take away the vegan powers because he understood like oh, you yeah. have vegan powers because of being a vegan. Right. But didn't realize this because of the vegan academy that granted his vegan powers. Yeah. And the vegan police would come to police that and make sure he kept it. They're very strict about veganism. Uh-huh. 
but like they're not enforcing it on anyone else like they're not there to be like you guys are all under arrest for not being vegan it's like no no but if you've got vegan powers yeah you've you've made it you've made an oath you you indoctrinated yourself as part of our our society now you've broken our rules you you agreed to our rules in order for these powers you can't then not follow the rules and keep the powers yeah that's not on that's not how it works so they take his powers away they uphold the law justice yeah yeah, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff for the vegan police. Yeah. Excellent. Hot house hot take. Because we put the other guy in the other guy who was a vegan in Hufflepuff as well. Mm. House hot take, all vegans are Hufflepuff. Wow. Tweeted us. Because you That's know, like a genuine house hot take. We're ending the show. Let's get some house hot takes in here. Yeah. Let's fucking stir up some controversy. And finally, Alex, will you tell me about Nega Scott? <laughs> Nega Scott is a way more compelling version of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> he's like his mega self. I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah. Well, he's he's yeah, like it's the classic video game trope because it's playing into the fact that this is a video game movie. Yeah. It's like his shadow self essentially yeah. that he has to fight. Well, he shows up and's like Final fight, Nega Scott. Yeah, but it turns out that oh hey, they have a lot yeah. in common and it's really chill. Nigel and Ramona were ready to fight by Scott's side, but Scott's like, no, I have to do this myself. Yeah. So they wait outside and then just see them coming out chatting and they're like, yeah, we're gonna get brunch next week. He's a really nice guy. We've got a lot in common. We're <laughs> <laughs> just buddies now. It's cool. Yeah. Hufflepuff. What? A, it's such a great anticlimax. Yeah. <sighs> so it's it's it is the opposite of Scott essentially. Yeah. Like the, the yeah the counterpoint. So he's probably great. He's probably he's, he's a really very fun, cool. br- brilliant person. Very chill. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, because he gives me like uh, Cedric Diggory vibes. Where yeah, he's kind of like that everything, you know. Yeah, and that Scott Pilgrim versus the World Sorted. Which means yeah, it's time for you, JD, to sort it out. Um. Okay. 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 So taking a page out of Scott Pilgrim's book and think about other magical worlds we've done recently. Like, so, the Owl House had a very strict logical rule system to its magic, but it was, like, a really fun and interesting creative system where, like, you've got to combine glyphs and develop them together and whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was super interesting. Scott Pilgrim is fucking batshit insane and powers come from nowhere for no particular reason and people explode into coins because it's Canada. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter needs more of that. <laughs> Because Harry Potter tries to have a magic system, but it constantly breaks it. So, so why bother? Yeah, like it—it's not why good pretend enough. there and are like, rules. Part of the point of how wizards work is that they're illogical people and they make illogical decisions. So, why is their magic supposed supposedly trying to be logical? There's no reason for it. And why is there such an extensive like law system in place? Yeah. if magic is inherently chaotic. Yeah. Oh, Gantz five laws of elemental transfiguration is a thing we'll mention. You can't create food, but you can create life. You can't just create animals out of nothing or turn things into animals. Fun fact, you can eat animals. Yeah. So you can just create food, actually, just with a couple extra steps. That's nothing. It's bullshit. It's stupid. You can also grow any, like, make anything larger. Like, I get that that's starting from something, but you're still creating mass. Uh Uh-huh. It's stupid. Uh-huh. Stop pretending there are rules. Just go batshit insane. Yeah, just just go wild with it. Go ham. And part of being batshit insane, show me the bat bogey hex. They talk yeah. about it so much, we never see it. Is it... I, I always imagined it turns your boogers into bats. It, we don't know. We That's don't That's the know. thing. Is it that? Or does it attack you with giant bat bogeys? Mm. Like... 
Who knows? I don't. I don't. I don't. But that could be some buck wild shenanigans. Yeah. Just be fucking insane with it. Have people pu- do things like pull giant hammers out of their pockets because they can. Have, Have people fun. skate through people's dreams because there happens to be a subspace bypass or something <laughs> through this one random dude's dreams. They do have a little bit of the subspace stuff. Like, her buying these bags that's bigger on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she could pull literally an entire bookshelf out of that thing. It's mentioned that she has giant stacks of books in there. So, like, where's her giant hammer? Yeah. (laughs) Give Hermione a giant hammer. Fucking, um... Uh... Very Potter musical. Oh, forget these stupid sensitive sticks. All wizards should have swords. Yeah! Yeah! Like, fucking just... It's magic, and it's stupid. Have fun with it. Yeah. The magic in Harry Potter is not fun. It takes itself so seriously. And I, I do think that a lot of times that is a detriment. Yeah. Well, especially when, one, you break all the rules yourselves all the time anyway, and two, you've made a point about them being an illogical society. Yeah. Like, right back to the first book, when Hermione has to do the logic puzzle with the potions, she's just like, most wizards don't have an ounce of logic. They would be stuck in this room forever. It's like... Then prove that. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening to Sorted. Wait, can I? Uh, oh, hold on, no. yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah. I have a follow-up question. Okay. Do you? Well, I mean, we know that Quirrell got past it. Hmm. Was the idea that Voldemort wouldn't be smart enough to get past a logic puzzle that he definitely got past? I don't know. It's either he wouldn't be, or just in general, we like it's not made clear necessarily. They're explicitly protecting it from Voldemort. We don't know how much they were aware of at that point. Yeah, protecting it from someone. They like, knew someone would come after yeah. it. Snape definitely claims in Half Blood Prince, partly because he's still maintaining his cover, that he thought Quirrell was after it just for himself. And maybe they did. We don't actually know. Mm. We like we we do know that Dumbledore was suspicious of Quirrell from like the beginning of the year. Yeah. Because he came back really weird. Yeah. Like, he left for, like, a sabbatical or whatever. Yeah. And then came back and... Claimed, like, yeah, vampires spooked me. Which, like, hmm, something's weird going on. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Was there more to that question? What was, no, that, what was your was just, question? I, my question was just, like... Oh, right, yeah. Was that, was that really expected to stop a grown-ass adult? No, the whole system is stupid. Like, what? Name one grown-ass wizard that that would actually stop. Ludo Bagman. I'm surprised that there weren't, like, I guess the, the, the main thing was Fluffy. And just yeah. ha- Hagrid just told, gave that secret away drunkenly for free. Yeah. I, like, obviously. The rest were just annoying. Yeah, obviously, like, Devil Snare, easy to get through. If you've fucking taken a first year herbology class, fucking. Fill the room with screaming mandrakes. Right? Well, also, like, yeah. Dumbledore was fine for all the rest of it because he knew that there was no possible fucking way for Voldemort to get through the mirror. Yeah. One room just had a random troll in it. Yeah. Which Ron fucking Weasley took out. Yeah. And Ron Weasley shit. I mean, they literally proved that a group of, like, some first years could yeah. make it through this. One of them is just play chess. Yeah. That's also a logic puzzle. One of them's just, like, pick out the key that matches the door. But it's real quick. It's just, it's fast. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they don't even do that. Harry only knows that it because it's like it's got like a it crippled already, wing, yeah. so it's, it's clearly already been grabbed. Isn't there a line about like we're looking for a, a big silver one? Yeah, lock? but like the reason he's able to spot it is because of the crippled wing. Mm. Still, it's all stupid. That was yep. a stupid plan. Yeah, really cool and fun for a film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that climax is one of the most fun ones of them all because yeah. like they do a bunch of challenges. Yeah, it's like what if the like. 
that was a way more interesting Triwizard Tournament than the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. It would have been a way better spectator event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where's Triwizard Giant Chess? Like, where's something for Triwizard Ch- skills that's about, like, intelligence? Mm, like, yeah. those logical potion puzzles. Yeah. Like, I get they cut it from the phone because it's not visually interesting. I think it's super interesting. There's a little bit. Uh, there's, like, riddles between the yeah, tasks. I suppose. Just the one. Yeah. Just the one riddle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess there's two riddles, really. There's the egg and there's the sphinx. Mm. Spy. Uh, spider. Good job, Harry. <laughs> the other thing that's annoying about the maze is that, like, I get it makes sense why, but you deliberately are like, ah, yes, we're going to remove all of the fun and interesting things to see from this. Yeah. Like, I get it. By like, Barty Crouch is trying to make it easy on Harry, but also your fictional story, make it fun. It should have been just like a big old like. I mean, I guess it was kind of intended to be like an obstacle course. Yeah. But. I want Wizard Wipeout. <laughs> Why wasn't the Triwizard Tournament Wizard Wipeout? <sighs> Give us what the people want. Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Ghoul Tank. Cult Classics. And our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Majakin with the Warm Willows Feast for our theme song, The House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with our sorting, you can find us on Twitter, at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet at us your favorite Canadian, and we'll sort them. Fictional Canadian. Fictional Canadian. We don't sort real people. No. But I'm sure there, I'm sure you can dig up some fictional Canadians. Name one. I got one. Wolverine. <gasps> See, I was thinking... That it was the actor that's Canadian. He's not Canadian. No, he's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah. Send us Canadians. Bye. Bye. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house. It's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hey, I'm Lachlan. And I'm a Jay. We're just two dudes who love ghosts, goblins, ghouls, and monsters so much that we've decided to create our own. Well, how about you give me an example? How do you feel about an electric boy who can only move on subway tracks? Or a sparkly light-up manatee who lives in the deep ocean? Or maybe a hairy office snack thief who uses his extra-long arms to steal lunches? You know what? That sounds pretty good to me. Well, you can hear about all these things and more on The Ghoul Tank. Find us every other Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you can download podcasts. Join us in our journey to create the next big cryptid.